talking about this topic until there's enough kind of like um, understanding uh, in the marketplace. And so the title of this particular uh, episode is let's talk about another $30,000 that just went up in smoke. Um, And in fact, I did a post, I remember uh, maybe about six months ago, and I said, another day gone in London, another million dollars down the drain. Um, And, you know, okay, I know, I know you don't like me talking about all this doom and gloom stuff and the fact that, you know, you want, you just want solutions, you want how to do stuff. You don't really want to hear about the kind of like doom and gloom, but look, this is to put it into context, right? This is to make sure we're really aware of the severity of this problem. And so what am I talking about here? I'm talking about the fact that if you decide to build an app of some sort or software, or you try to launch some sort of digital uh, solution online, um, there's a very high chance you're going to lose quite a lot of money at the very beginning. Um, Now, I'm not really talking here about affiliate marketing. Um, I think there's quite a big wave in the marketplace right now about people doing affiliate marketing. Um, And and the reason I'm not talking about that is because usually that's about building, you know, just running ads to something or maybe posting content and driving it to a link and then seeing what comes through. And there are I'm simplifying it a lot, but it's mostly about content and ads, maybe. Here we're talking about building stuff. I mean, you could also be talking about e-commerce, but again, e-commerce has a slightly different beast because there are some out-of-the-box solutions for e-commerce and there are some very specialist programs for e-commerce, which are helping a lot for those guys in that space. So here we're talking about things like um, software as a service, uh, apps, marketplaces, um, Maybe more complex sales funnels where you've got some particular digital product or, or solution that you're offering at the back end of that, um, where there's, uh, and, and this is not really in your comfort zone. You know, if you obviously, if you're a great sort of funnel builder and copywriter, uh, you have a better chance. But let's say you are someone who's got a solution or service you want to offer, maybe a consulting solution, um, and you're trying to build this stuff on the front end, then there's a good chance you're going to get that wrong. Now, I would say that maybe 90% of people are doing this. Um, and starting out this way causes a lot of problems. When you first start out and you sort of say, hey, I'm going to build an app, I'm going to build a, some sort of solution, and you make the mistake, which I'm going to describe to you in a minute. But if you make this mistake at the very beginning, then what happens is that you've started your whole business off on the wrong foot. Things are just going to get harder because immediately out of the gate, when you lose money, you get uh, very cautious about things and you actually don't know. You find it very difficult to distinguish between whether to say yes or no to some to things. And you could easily be saying no to the wrong things. So, um, you know, I regularly see people that have spent <clears throat> a year, you know, working on some sort of, you know, through an accelerator program or incubator or on an academy and they say openly, you can see you go onto any sort of for, you know, most of the forums these days, you'll hear people talking about this. They'll say, yeah, you know, I was on that program. I was on that um, accelerator program for about a year. Maybe they spent three months on the actual program and then maybe nine months part of the community. And what they tend to have as the output of all of that is the particular software, the piece of software or the product that they were trying to create. There's not much else around that. The marketing is kind of pretty much non-existent. All the things they try to do through content didn't really work. And they're left in a kind of, um, you know, a quandary about that because they really don't know which way to go next. 
And of course, everything they try to do after that is going to cost them some money and they become very reluctant to spend any money. And so the whole thing gets lost. Um, so now the problem I'm really talking about is the fact that people are going straight from idea to build, right? This is the this is the uh, the kind of the the thing that like if you speak to people, if you if I if I you know, and I speak to people regularly every week these days about you know how they got started, what they do. People tend to come up with an idea. They tend to look at something that's working, and the first thing they think about is, well, how do I get the product? How do I make a product? Right. That's the first thing that comes to mind. How do I get a? You know, I can't do anything until I have a product. This is like the, this is the kind of the default uh, thinking process. I must have a product, right? I can't pick up the phone and call anybody and tell them about anything because I don't have a product yet. So the first thing they they set about doing is to get a product. And what does this product look like? It could be uh, an app, for example, or it could be a particular SaaS, uh, you know, prototype. Uh, or it could be something um, like a, it could even be a course, for example, right? But people are going straight from idea to product. And the problem there, here's the problem, really, is because uh, if you do that, if you go straight from idea to build, let's say, what's going to happen is that you are going to be building whatever this is in isolation of your marketing. And so if after that, if you start to think about, well, how am I going to do the marketing for this particular thing? It's it's really it's going to be very, very hard. And that's because there was no integration. There was no um, there was no uh, link really at the, the fundamental level between your product and how you are going to do the marketing. It's like you create this product and then you sort of say, hey, everybody, I've got this product and you start to publicize it. And so there's no. There's no integrated kind of view of your marketing with your actual product. Uh, I mean, there are a myriad of problems. There are many problems that stem from that, but I'm just trying to simplify it for the purposes of this. But the fundamental thing is that you're you're kind of thinking of things sequentially, even if you're looking at even if you're using lean startup or you're using some sort of other methodology. The big picture is that you're going from idea to product build. And then after that, you're thinking about marketing. A second problem on top of that is that maybe you don't have the funding to go all the way through. Now, if you're a small to medium-sized business or especially a large company, you you know, funding is not generally the issue. It's the fact that, but for anybody else, like an individual that's going on this path, it's very likely that you are going to realize you need more money than you have budgeted for this particular thing. In fact, for the, for the most part, what I come across is that people haven't actually thought about the funding. And many people today even think that creating the app or the product in the first place is all they're going to be all they need to do because then they just need to talk to some people and sell it and it's going to it's going to you know take off on its own accord and that is rarely the case um so look it's not your fault it's absolutely not your fault this is you know the reality is um this stuff is hard and you just don't know any better you look at people who are very successful and you sort of say, hey, if they could do it, you know, I'm sure I could give it a best, good shot and I could pretty much get that working. But it's much harder than that. And there are reasons why those people that you saw, you know, who made that thing work, um, there are reasons why they, they got that working. And this is true, even if you studied something like computer science, there was just this tendency to go straight from idea or concept to build, to get the product up and running. And 
I would say personally, actually, that, you know, Lean Startup has a lot to be responsible for on this. I'm not a big fan of that at all. I think it's overly simplistic. I think even customer development is is kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like too complicated. It's like multiple textbooks, which people don't even read. And even if they do read it, they probably don't really understand it. Um, So there are just some thoughts there. Now, I've also spoken to many development teams across Europe. Um, And many of these people, in fact, all, all of the ones I spoke to were frustrated because they had you know, worked hard to find a particular, um, you know, entrepreneur, for example, to contract and build an MVP. And so they put their resources into building this MVP. But what happens is that it doesn't go any further, right? They get to the point of having this MVP, but then the cash runs out. And so then the next step is that, you know, the entrepreneur sort of says, hey, I've got the MVP now, I'm going to go and raise some money for this. Uh, Very cool. And then, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. They never hear from them again. And this is very frustrating for the development team, especially because um, obviously that's not why they want to be in business, just to churn out MVPs, right? That's that's not the thing. What they want to do is they want to start working with somebody, build the MVP, and then continue building that for many years and build that up to millions of users around the world. I mean, that's that will be the objective. And so turning out, you know, which is going to be a, quite a high amount of effort for a few months to turn out a really good MVP, and then it doesn't go anywhere. And that's really disappointing. And it's kind of like bad for business as well. So that's another perspective on this, just to give you, just to reinforce this point that this is not just an isolated case. This is happening across the board. Now, on top of this, low code and no code tools are really, in my opinion, exacerbating this problem. Look, it used to be that you could, uh, you, you know, what you'd have to do is you would, you would, you know, as a as an individual thinking about developing an app, the first thing you would do is you would, you know, either have the knowledge to do that yourself, or you would that you would immediately go and look for a software developer, and that software developer would give you some advice, and they'd sort of say, hey, you should do it this way or that way, or these are the things to think about, and maybe in, with luck, you you know, you were introduced to that software developer um, by somebody else, so you had a good referral, someone who had a good experience. Now it's got more complicated and difficult because you can literally go to a no-code, low-code tool and log on and just start creating, right? Uh, I tried it myself this week. It was remarkably fast, remarkably quick. It was shocking, actually. And if if you're listening to this and you're not sure what I'm talking about here, I'm talking about these um, new generation of tools that basically mean that even if you don't have any technical ability you can um, basically sign up for an account and you can you can start to design your screens and everything. And actually the the, the tool itself will then produce the, the app, right? So you, that's why they call it no code or low code because you basically have, you know, very, very little coding to do. Now, typically, actually, these tools are good for um, uh, automating certain things internally in your company. Maybe you were using Excel for a lot of stuff you could create one of these tools and it's going to sort of replace what you were doing. But in any case, the fact is that the, there are so many of these tools now and they're all competing that you could just literally go to one of these sites. You could you could register an account and you could be starting to build your app within minutes. And the next thing you know you're doing is you're putting in your kind of like your, your credit card to then be able to publish that app to the app store. 
and you're up and running. And the reason I say this is exacerbating the problem is because this is this is even pushing this is pushing people even harder to go from idea straight to build. And what's that going to mean? What it's going to mean is that people then, you know, create this sort of app. And the next thing you know, that they are doing all sorts of things around that marketing and everything. And eventually it basically hits a wall or it doesn't really work or something becomes really difficult. Um, and you're back to the same problem as we had earlier, which is that, you know, you've just gone very fast from idea to build. Um, so let's talk about a few perspectives on this and then I can give you kind of, you know, what I, how, how it really should be done uh, in my um in my old school opinion right this is my old school opinion because i've seen enough uh in past lives to see what works i've seen enough to see what doesn't work and that is what i'm talking about here nothing else i'm just saying that um from my perspective i see this massive failure rate in the marketplace and i see this this you know where people are burning a lot of money is because they go from idea to build and at the same time from my past lives i've seen how these things should be structured. And I can I can just see that clearly that's because people don't know any better. And I want to bring up the um the software development lifecycle. So for the longest time, probably going back decades, the software development lifecycle um, was a fundamental kind of like construct in the software world. Um, and what it used to be actually was a methodology. I mean, this was a this was a chart, big chart with sort of a lot of detail on it, and it kind of showed you the the pathways that you had to follow. And then you had certain things taking place in parallel, like you had to train people on the app, you had to then, you know, run a conversion event, you had to convert data. There was a lot of things going on in this methodology, and they called this the software development lifecycle. There were numerous things that then came after that. And then over the past, I would say maybe less than 20 years, maybe 15, 18, 18 years has been this entire concept of agile where, you know, you have some trained people who understand how to do software development and delivery. And essentially what they're doing is to um, to create a backlog of requirements and they're working through these things. And then you anyway, you have a whole structure. And so what what inevitably happened was that people did not need this kind of like a very structured kind of life uh, software development life cycle, or at least maybe that's what's happened. Because when I go, when I went online this week and I went searching for the software development life cycle, I was shocked, really, really shocked to find that all those original charts, all those things which showed you the kind of like pathways and what you have to do in parallel had completely vanished. Like nobody's even got those anymore. They're not even looking at that. That is like history. And so it made me realize that, look, if I was a, you know, new to this industry, new to this space, and I had an idea and I came online for the first time and I looked stuff up and I looked up software development lifecycle, even I looked up, you know, agile, looked up a few other things, there would be so little information that would help me understand how to build this app. And so the default that everyone is following, which is to go straight from idea to build is an absolutely natural thing, but it's so wrong, right? What it's doing is it's like bypassing all the most important things that were, were necessary to get something to work. So, um, you know, and so that's a major problem, right? So this, this software, development, I've got to do more research this week to find out what happened to all that stuff. Like, did people just bury that? Did they just decide it was, 
it was it was not worth its you know uh the the paper it was written on what happened to all that stuff um and what's replaced it by the way if you look up the software development life cycle today you just see like a diagram like a seven step diagram literally seven boxes you know idea like build like launch something and that's it you don't there's nothing more right so clearly um something has been like um like like you know pushed out in the meantime now do i really mean when i say um uh you know thirty thousand dollars gone up in smoke do i really mean that it's gone up in smoke and is it only thirty thousand dollars let's talk about this for a second so look the fact is um i think i think yes it has gone up in smoke i think for the most part people are building stuff they're getting stuff done they're they're outsourcing stuff to teams around the world and then they can't actually use that anymore. They usually find they have to get a new development team to take over. That new development team doesn't want to look at the old stuff. They say that there's nothing there that's reusable. They have to start all over again. And so it tends to be like $30,000 just went into the conceptualization of what that app should look like. And now the second team is kind of like starting from scratch, right? And then the second question there is, is it only $30,000? Actually, no, I would say it's probably a lot more. If you think about um, all the amount of effort and time that went into actually getting that built, you add up all those costs and then you add up the costs of what you should have been earning had you actually got that working on time, you know, you, you probably lost hundreds of thousands, right? Um, now, mainly what I'm talking about here is for individuals. So I'm not really counting the cost for small to mid-sized companies, uh, but I think the mistakes that are being made there might be just different mistakes. I mean, this is the... This would be my perception. I think I'm going to do more research on this. But what I think tends to happen is that businesses tend to over-engineer what they are building, right? Because you have dedicated people working on things, and it tends to be that you just end up over-engineering, which, by the way, causes problems later for your marketing because everything um, you know, goes go, becomes exponentially harder. The more complex the app, the more, more intricate and complex your marketing becomes, and everything just becomes harder. Right. Um, so we covered a lot there. Look, depending on the circles you move in, um, this 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 can be a big problem. And I would say, like, it, it, think of it like this: that you know, I I really believe, and the reason why I get so worked up about this, to be honest, is that I see great talent going to waste. I have conversations with people who are really smart. They're they've got great ideas. They're more sort of business functional type people. And yet they got their their hands dirty with this software stuff and they and it kind of drags them down. Um, uh, or it could just be that like, like not non-technical founders are almost just being slapped for trying to work on software. Right. Which I don't think that was anyone. Anyone wants to that to happen. Right. But it feels like that. It feels like someone who is a non-technical founder um, comes along saying, hey, I've got this idea. But they they venture down this path and they get slapped really hard for trying, right? And so then they go back to their cave because they really don't have any any alternative, right? They lose a lot of money and they don't know which way to go next. So these are major problems. Um, so look, what should you do? Let's wrap up here. I don't want to make this uh, longer than it needs to be, but I, I just want to say that you know what should you do? Look, I, I've got four very specific things that I really recommend to people. And it's working very well if you follow this uh, simple formula. Number one, you've got to get your offer right at the beginning. 
It's about the offer. It's like what you're offering people, right? The actual build of the technology comes secondary. The first thing you have to figure out is the offer. What is it you want you offering people? And you have to validate that. The second thing is you have to cross-validate that with funding because there's no point designing anything unless you can figure out how you're going to fund it, right? Either you're going to fund it yourself or you're going to find someone to fund it or you're going to get customers to fund it, but you have to figure out the funding. This otherwise, number one is like pointless. Why would you why would you build or design anything if you can't fund it and get it to market, right? The third thing is your platform, meaning your app or any other sort of software tool or anything. What are the requirements for that? And I was speaking actually to one of my one of the guys on my on my um, program this week, and I was saying that you know this is actually a lost art. This is gone. This is kind of like this was a there was a time when business analysts were kind of known for how good they were at being able to define uh, technical requirements. And so we want to go back to basics on thinking about the platform requirements. And what this means is, say for example, you have statements in the form of ability to, the ability to do X, the ability to do Y the ability to do Z, right? And you want to map out all these requirements very carefully. So then you've got three aspects of this. You've got your offer, you've got your funding cross-validation. Sorry, go back. You've got your offer and the validation of that offer with your customers. Secondly, you've got the funding as cross-validation that you can actually get this thing to market. And thirdly, you've got your platform requirements. And now all of this does not need you to build anything yet, right? Nothing. And you can work on this for like months. Work on it until you've got this nailed, until you are absolutely, you know, 100% convinced and you've got customer validation, you've got funding validation, you've got all sorts of other things in place that show you that you have designed and created something that is going to work, right? So this is the, this is the first, like, fundamental thing you've got to get right. After that, you can do some go-to-market planning. Um, and ideally, you know, really what you need is someone external to your world, to your team, who can come in from the outside and take a look at this before you go to market, right? Um, in my example, if we say that it's true that you you might be spending $30,000 on getting an app built, and this is going to be just like a basic, basic app, right? I would do it this way. I would say like spend $10,000 on that and spend $20,000 on all of this other thing and getting someone external to help you who's got some experience, right? So you just see how the how the uh, budget can change. And of course, I could be there to help you with this, but that's not my intention of this video. You could use anybody, wherever you are in the world, find someone who can help you, who has the expertise, knowledge, background to be able to look at what you're doing with that uh, objective viewpoint, okay? And if you do want my help, Again, this comes back to the framework which we put together, and that's what this is all about. We've got your offer, you've got your funding cross-validation, you've got your go-to-market planning, you've got your platform requirements. That's what it's all about. Okay, now, just to wrap up, what do you do if you are stuck, right? <laughs> Let's say you're in this position now, and I do not envy you for it. I do not envy you for it because I know and I've been there a few times myself. By the way, this is all from experience, right? So I'm not uh, trying to shame you through this process here. What I'm trying to do is, is give you some answers, but I want to say that this is a common thing. So uh, don't feel too bad about that, right? But what to do if you are stuck? Firstly, 
really, really important. Look, um, firstly, please do not bury your head head in the sand, right? You could be really up to here in, you know, money lost, uh, feeling really despondent about the entire thing, um, feeling ashamed. This can really happen that you feel terribly ashamed that you spent maybe 20,000, 30,000, maybe 50,000 or 100,000. And, and, and by the way, even that is a drop in the ocean. I've spoken to people who have spent 300,000 of their parents' money <clears throat> on doing something like this. So wherever you are, there's always going to be someone who had a worse situation. But anyway, you might feel really ashamed. And the first thing to do is do not bury your head in the stand. Okay. Um, secondly, do not just keep going, right? You could you could easily say to yourself, well, you know what? I got this far to get my prototype app and I'll just figure it out, right? I got this far on my own, I'll figure it out. But all I can say is that from experience again, that's not a good answer. What, what can easily happen, easily, easily happen, probably like a 99% chance of happening is that you're just going to carry on losing money. OK, because if you haven't made money on that first thing that you did, it's, you, you, fundamentally, you've got something the wrong way around. Right. Um, and so really be real with yourself that if you've lost money, then you've lost money. You have lost money. It's gone out the door. It's not coming back. Right. And you have to be really real about that. Like Warren Buffett says this. He says rule number one is not to lose money. Rule number two is don't forget rule number one. Right. And I think that makes so much sense. Because, And from experience, again, once again, from experience, I can say that that is there's a very high chance that if you have found yourself putting money in and now you are not 100 percent sure how you're going to get that money back. You're probably not going to get it back. OK. Um, and the um, the way that everyone justifies this to, the, to themselves, the way that everyone justifies this is by saying, well, look, I, I put the 30,000 in. I just need to spend the extra 20,000 and then everything will work, right? Or I've put the 100,000 in. Um, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, I know the mistakes I made. If I just put this extra 30,000 in, I'm sure I can now figure out how to make it work. Okay, look, this is a really, really, really slippery slope. Really slippery slope. It's It's... It's honestly probably one of the most destructive things on the planet even, right? And this could relate to anything, not just building an app, but be really, really, really careful. And so that's it really. And so the last point of this is, you know, what to do. So look, you stop development, stop, just stop. If you've built something and now you you just up, you know, you're up to here, and you're not sure how you're going to get it to market. You're not sure how you're going to sell it. You're not sure all these different things. Just stop. Stop development, especially if you are spending money on a developer, even if they're just like tweaking stuff. Right? Stop. Stop trying to sell what you have built, right? Until, until you have a complete and a cohesive plan. And again, like I said, like I said earlier, you need someone external who has been down this path at least five times to come along and take a look at what you're doing and to be able to give you a better perspective, right? So this is really, really serious. And I, I, I can, I can, I'm, I'm, you know, posting this again, and I'll probably do one of these every month 
if I have to. But the fact is, this is a common problem. This is one of these problems that is brushed under the carpet. I know there are so many people who are spending that kind of money, thirty dollars to $100,000, and then they feel really ashamed about the fact they didn't get where they wanted to go, and they just brush it under the carpet, and they live with that forevermore, trying to figure out what to do with it. So, look, there are ways out of this. Again, look, we've done some work on the framework. We understand. What does that mean? What does it mean by framework? It means we understand the steps. It means that there are very clear gates. There are milestones. There are things that have to get done. There are validation steps. And I want to show you how that works. So just get in touch with me. I'll give you the framework stuff for free. I'll just like send it to you. Okay. So you can start to absorb it. And then we can help you at a very low cost if necessary to start working together and get things working. And then we'll show you a plan that's going to be better than what you've got. Um, if you're in, if you're stuck, it's definitely going to be better than what you've got. Um, but even if you've got something that you think works really well, then just like, you know, let's cross check and let's, let's validate against like our blueprint against what you're doing. Hopefully this helps you. And like I say, um, we're here to help you. If you want this framework stuff, just drop a comment in the, you know, below, uh, we'll be in touch. We'll get some stuff to you and, um, we'll take it from there.